Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Good afternoon, my fellow Americans. This is the Truth Hurts program, and I am your venerable, honorable host, Steve Z. And we've got a lot to talk about, so let's get to it right after this. It is holiday time. You do not need expensive gifts, exotic presents, trinkets, or baubles. You do not need a cup of cheer. You do not need carolers singing on your lawn. You most certainly do not need a pony. In fact, all you need is a healthy dose of the truth. This is precisely why the Truth Hurts program is on the air. We truly are the gift that keeps on giving all year long. Here's your wonderful present, the tightly wrapped host of our program, Mr. Steve Z. <laughs> he said tightly wrapped host. <laughs> I'm about as loose as pocket change. We have quite a lot to get to, because the fat lady has indeed begun to sing. And, in just a few short days, she will have sung her entire aria. That is, after the Senate votes to confirm the count of the Electoral College, which went ahead despite numerous challenges, despite mountains of actual evidence of voter fraud, intimidation, keeping of poll watchers from viewing the actual vote counts and all of the other irregularities that if the tables had been turned would certainly be scrutinized to the nth degree by the mainstream slime media. But they've ignored it. They've swept it under the rug and they've used obscure legal wranglings to have cases in the courts thrown out. Yesterday I mentioned having standing and how the U.S. Supreme Court says the state of Texas does not have standing in their attempt to ask the Supreme Court to intervene in four swing states who at the last minute illegally and against the laws, which is illegally, of their own states decided to change the voting laws without going through state legislatures. They did it by executive fiat. They did it by judicial interference. And that's illegal. It's unconstitutional. The Supreme Court said that Texas did not have any standing in trying to intervene in state affairs of voting laws in other states. I do, of course, beg to differ. It's as if the Supreme Court fails to understand the overall ramifications of the illegal proceedings of those four swing states. The Supreme Court effectively said, if your next door neighbor had built a garbage dump on their front lawn adjacent to your property, you might have standing to sue them to remove the illegal garbage dump. But a neighbor six blocks away or two blocks away, does not have standing to file a complaint against the next-door neighbor with the garbage dump. Even though that garbage dump will grossly and adversely affect the property values of the entire neighborhood, it will cause a stink, it will be a mess, and an eyesore for all the neighbors of that neighborhood. Oh, the Supreme Court got it wrong, boys and girls. Not only does Texas have standing, the entire United States population has standing in this matter of widespread voter irregularity, voting fraud, voting machine software so-called glitches, the keeping out of poll watchers, the illegal dumping of ballots in garbage bins and dumpsters, creeks and ditches, and the magic vote fairy's appearance with hundreds of thousands of votes that just magically appeared while the vote counting was mysteriously stopped 
at the exact same time in all four of those states, which Trump was winning before the break. And then miraculously, Biden claims to have won after the counting break. Something smells fishy here, and it is not the girls' locker room at Rutgers. Something smells fishy here, and it's not the fish market at the corner of 5th and Main. Something smells fishy here, and it's not the deck of a deadliest catch crab boat. Yes, when the Supreme Court decided to slap Texas in the face, they slapped the entire nation in the face. But of course, it is now considered a moot point. I spoke on an earlier program about the Dominion software in a small Michigan county where 6,000 Trump votes were magically and mysteriously switched by the Dominion software program to become Biden votes. And how, if you multiplied that on the scale of all of the swing states using Dominion software, Trump would have indeed won the electoral votes of those four states and likely picked up one or two other states, along with millions of exponentially counted glitchy votes that will now likely never be investigated. It would be so easy for mopey dopey Joe Biden to simply wave the magic executive pen and seal all the records of this election. Can you see it coming? He won't be in office long, folks. Inauguration Day is coming after the 20th of January. He'll be sworn in, and then it will happen. Something I warned you about, something I predicted, something I told you would happen, will most certainly happen. The leaking has begun. The oozing of little tidbits of information have now been allowed. The media hacks trying to keep up with the other media hacks, the Joneses, for example, can't wait to ooze out the little bits of information that they've been so silent on, so quiet on, so sweepy under the ruggy on. Yes, they've already leaked several bits of information in relation to Hunter Biden and an investigation into Hunter Biden. There's also been information leaked about Joe Biden and his quid pro quo dealings with the Ukraine president, demanding that he fire the prosecutor who was looking into Hunter Biden's dealings, or he, Joe Biden, who was vice president at the time under Barack Hussein Obama, would withhold $1 billion of your tax money. It's no secret the video of Joe Biden bragging about that dealing has been circulated widely on the media. Not the mainstream media, of course, but you can find it in social media on different platforms. I found it today. It's still there. And so now, once he takes office, Camel Toe Harris and Nasty Nancy Pelosi and Chuckles Schumer, all three people who didn't want Joe Biden to be the nominee, they wanted someone far more radical, will do everything in their power to now not only allow, but promote the leaking of all of this information about mopey dopey Joe Biden to the press so that the Republicans can call for a special counsel to look into the matter and begin an impeachment against Joe Biden on day one, much like the Democrats did to Donald Trump, starting with his first day in office. <laughs> I told you it would happen, folks. The wheels are greased. The engine is fired up. The clutch has been engaged. It is now in gear, and they're getting ready to let loose the clutch to move this process forward, a process to already get rid of their choice for president so that he can be replaced with communist camel toe Harris and naughty nasty Nancy Pelosi will be your new vice president. And of course, as I also predicted, we already know what will happen when communist psychopath camel toe Harris becomes the president. 
and naughty, nasty Nancy Pelosi becomes your new vice president, it won't be long before some radical nut job from somewhere will decide he ain't ready to have a woman president or a black woman president or something. And then when that individual enacts whatever he enacts, nasty Nancy Pelosi will become your president. But she's 81. She's not in good health. So she needs to stay on her toes and watch her health because if something happens and she goes away, we will end up with a President Grassley, the Republican Senator from Nebraska, who is fourth in line to the throne at the Little White Crib on 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I'm telling you folks, these are one of those moments that you need to remember the day Steve Z said these things. For it might come to pass exactly word for word as I have predicted. And you shall have to say, yes, he toldeth us so. This is the Truth Hurts program. Stick this up your fact checker. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. All the truth you can handle. Taking a look at the obvious and the depressing, the Electoral College did vote and they have selected that sleepy, creepy, touchy, feely, muttering, puttering, shuddering, fluttering, stuttering, stammering, flipping, tripping, slipping, mumbling, fumbling, bumbling, stumbling, crumbling, mopey, dopey, little girl, gropey, hair, sniffing, beijing, burhisma, 10% on the take, ultra fake, propped up puppet of the left, socialist, Marxist, communist, Leninist, Soros backed, media hacked, totally whacked, Democrat party pooper in chief. Your new resident of the untied states, Joseph R. Biden. As your new president. Gropey Joe delivered a phlegm-filled, coughing, hacking, and wheezing speech last night. Maskless, of course, now that he doesn't need to wear a mask in order to pander for votes or scare people. He poorly read the teleprompter as he spit and sputtered to eke out a few coherent sentences. As a side note, I once had a colleague working in Texas a couple of years back who used to call Donald Trump a non-reader and slick the grifter. I wonder what this clown has to say now about the remedial reading level of our next commander-in-cheat, Joe Biden. Yes, Joe coughed and cleared his throat multiple times during his pre-prepared junior high school level speechwriter 101 remarks using Democrat code words, buzzwords, dog whistle comments, and then he tried to look stern as he scolded anyone who dared to say something bad about our democracy or our election system or the allegations of fraud. And he looked extremely weak doing it. And it looks so bad when you spent an entire solid year representing the face of the Democrat party and you took that entire year to bash one half of the country you wish to represent as president. Then you have the audacity, the nerve, and the unmitigated gall to stand before the almighty teleprompter and tell those same people that you now want peace, that you want harmony, you want togetherness, you want that kumbaya moment. And then seconds later, you scowl and scold the very same one half of the nation and tell them how stupid they are for saying you cheated. You tell one half of the nation that they're ignorant for believing the election process could have been hacked. You spent four entire years accusing your predecessor of cheating, of hacking, of stealing votes. The double standard was on display last night for all to see by a feeble, weak, sickly, frail, and oh-so-elderly, old, broken-down, mentally fatigued, and beleaguered mopey dopey gropey joe biden mr biden you and your party promoted phrases like not my president for four years against donald trump and his supporters four years you spent bashing and trashing the president who did so many good things for the nation that you could not possibly live up to and now you want us all to come together and rally behind you You, old man? You, you feeble, weak puppet? Half of the nation is laughing at you while crying for the future of our country. 
Half of the nation wants to go out and shout the same words against you that the other half of the nation shouted against Donald Trump for four years. Newsflash, this half of the nation is better than that. We're simply better people. Now some radicals in your party, gropey Joe, will shout things that are negative in your direction. Some radicals on the right will also shout negative things in your direction. You do not have the stomach for it. Every time anyone even questions something that you've said, you get very defensive and start pointing that shaky, weak little finger at them because you know you have Secret Service pukes behind you to defend you. You would not stand five seconds in the ring with any of the Americans you dared to insult throughout your campaign, like the guy you called fat. How insulting. You and your vice resident and your friends and the willing to look the other way media will call out anyone who speaks out against you. They will call out anyone who dares speak out against Camel Toe Harris. They'll call them radicals, racists, bigots, and anti-Americans. Hell, they'll even call them treasonous. And they will have all but forgotten that for four years, the same media glorified anyone who had the nerve to dare speak ill of Donald Trump. That same media spent four years praising the protesters, the rioters, the looters, the anarchists, the graffiti artists, the spray painters, the car flippers, the burners, the thieves, the thugs. And they spent four years calling out people who supported Donald Trump. They spent four years calling those radical left-wing agendized idiots peaceful protesters. They called their demonstrations patriotic and said that those people were exercising their First Amendment rights. I'm telling you this now and you can mark my words, December 15, 2020, the war on my freedom of speech, my freedom of expression, my freedom of the press. Yes, boys and girls, this program is considered the press, believe it or not. But make it clear the war on your freedom to speak out against Gropey Joe and Camel Toe will soon be impeded. Hell, it's already been impeded, blocked, censored, fact-checked, shut down. It's been done to you all year, little bit by little bit, spoonful by spoonful, grain by grain. They have started out by fact-checking everything you post that is anti-Biden. They started out fact-checking anything pro-Trump and finding some little inkling of a word in your post that might be able to be challenged, whether it was important to the story or not. It's already been impeded, censored, fact-checked, blocked, shut down. In fact, for over a year by the big tech companies, the social media outlets like Fakebook, Twatter, Instant Graham, and others. You notice I couldn't say the real names because, well, I don't want to get sued. Many of you have contacted me, sent me screenshots, video clips, and other information of your pro-Trump or anti-Gropey Joe Biden posts being blocked, censored, grayed out, fact-checked, restricted, or otherwise censored by the pro-Gropey Joe, pro-Camel Toe leftists who run big media and big tech. Hell, even our Justice Department is corrupt and complicit in this farce, this sham, this rigged, stolen election. Attorney General William Barr sent in his Happy Holidays I'm Quitting letter last night. He did so because the word is out that he, William Barr, knew weeks before the election, if not longer, he knew because he had to know. He's the attorney general for crying out loud. All of the details of the Hunter Biden laptop, of the quid pro quo dealings with his daddy, your new resident elect. William Barr knew and he kept it hidden, purposefully, deliberately, on purpose, under the guise of, I need more evidence, or I don't want to affect the election one way or the other. 
the election should have been affected. The Electoral College just confirmed an obviously corrupt foreign influence peddling on the take heavily tethered to the Chinese and Russians new commander-in-cheat into power, knowing in advance that he was dealing in treasonous acts with leaders of foreign governments and with foreign businesses, knowing in advance with hard evidence, and you did nothing, nothing. Your same Justice Department agency spent four years digging into the dealings of Donald Trump with colonoscopy-like precision, inch by inch, drawer by drawer, file by file, with zero evidence whatsoever to prompt such an investigation. You put impeachment on the table. You put silent coup attempts on the table. You put investigation findings on the table. And you used and you abused your power and your offices to try and unseat a duly elected president in Donald Trump, and you failed and failed miserably. That was their way to chop off one leg of the three-legged stool foundation of the Trump success story as a great president making America great again. Again, that was one leg of the three-legged stool. And when that didn't work, they unleashed a virus and they overhyped, overreported, overreacted, overdramatized the effects of a virus which has similar hospitalization and mortality rates to one of our more severe flu seasons. And they attempted to blame Donald Trump with failing to act, which was a lie. They used this as a way to chop off the second leg of the three-legged stool foundation of Donald Trump's Make America Great Again actual recorded accomplishments. Yes, the second leg was chopped off, leaving Trump's supporters teetering and balancing on the last leg standing. And Joe Biden had the nerve last night to chop away at the final leg by insulting the 75 plus million Trump voters and the 100 plus million supporters of Donald Trump during his feeble, flawed speech. The worst part about it is, Poor old feeble, gropey Joe Biden was only reading what was written on his puppet master's teleprompter. He was incapable of even understanding the insults he was flinging. He was unable to comprehend the words he was reading. And reading quite poorly, I might add, Leonard. Like the second grader who can't quite read the big words in his school book, he coughed and cleared his throat and stuttered and stammered when he got to the big words. His eyes were dead giveaways to the fact that he was lost. Lost in the words being paraded over teleprompters, fumbling, mumbling, stumbling, bumbling, and crumbling his way through a speech, trying hard not to stutter and stammer. But he's already had his handlers tell the nation that he was a stutterer as a child. So we need to give him a pass. Otherwise, we are cruel for making fun of people with disabilities. You heartless bastards, Republicans, shame on you. Give me a break, folks. Yes, boys and girls, they have all the bases covered. Every last one. And if you didn't watch the entire speech, I can't blame you. I was yawning and it was pretty boring, even for all the lies. We'll be right back. All of my life, over five and a half decades of it, I've been told by parents and grandparents and uncles and aunts and teachers and preachers and bosses and co-workers and friends and neighbors and siblings and customers and more people than that. One very important set of standards by which to live. Work hard, study, be honorable, be faithful, be loyal, be steadfast, in your beliefs, be respectful, be forthright, be respectable, be godly, be righteous, and be humble. I've accomplished many things over my time here on the planet, and the things I've accomplished have pretty much been all done by my own hand, my own responsibility, 
my own doing, with the grace of God, the guidance of my family and friends and co-workers and supervisors. But by no means have I accomplished anything simply because I was blank, B-L-A-N-K, fill in the blank. Not because I was this or because I was that by virtue of my birthplace or by virtue of the color of my skin or by virtue of the fact that I have some disability or handicap. I have accomplished everything that I have accomplished on my own merits. I've never been given a job, a promotion, or even a pay raise simply because I'm white or black or green or purple or yellow or orange. I've never been promoted or hired or appointed to a position because I'm straight or because I'm Christian or because I'm married or because I'm bald-headed or because I have nice teeth or because I have a particular political viewpoint. I cannot for the life of me even imagine being proud of getting appointed to a position such as, let's say, a cabinet-level position in Washington, D.C., solely based on whether or not I have a vagina or a penis or because I have Hispanic parents or Asian parents or black parents or for that matter because I'm straight or because someone else is gay or because someone's in a wheelchair or blind or deaf. Hell, I would be totally embarrassed to know that the only reason I was selected for a job or a promotion or a pay raise or a bonus was based on a certain checkbox on a form as opposed to my experience, my abilities, my education. The checkboxes I'm speaking about include your new vice resident, Camel Toe Harris. Remember, she is only in that position, according to Gropey Joe Biden's own statements at the time he was selected as the Democrat nominee, because she has a vagina. He wanted a woman vice president. That was one checkbox. He also wanted a minority, ethnic minority vice president. Checkbox number two. Hell, he didn't even consider a single human being with a penis. Only humans with vaginas were even considered. How embarrassing. How embarrassing to be a woman who knows that the only reason she was selected was because she was a woman. Not because of her qualifications, not because of her education, not because of her experience. And that she really didn't even have to compete for the job against any men who might have been more highly qualified. After all, the qualification from Gropey Joe was a slot instead of a pole. Imagine how aggravated every qualified male candidate must feel. How irritated because he's choosing based on a woman's gender. And remember, Joe Biden went against the LGBTQ crowd, the 57 Heinz gender crowd, because he said he wanted a woman. He didn't say he wanted a trans, queer, questioning biracial, uh, I don't know, gilded pony. He wanted a woman. An insult to all of the other so-called genders out there. And especially to the one true other gender, the males. Oh, how pissed off the men must be. Gropey Joe Biden also said he wanted his cabinet to look like America. You remember that. I want my cabinet to represent America. What America looks like. That's what he said. He wanted it to look like America. This, of course, is a lie based on the choices he's already made, the selections he's already made. If, in fact, Gropey Joe wanted his cabinet to actually look like America, his cabinet would be staffed with exactly one-half male and one-half female. That's demographics, folks. That's sheer numbers. America is basically half men, half women, with women having a slightly larger edge in the total percentage of the population. So taking into consideration that he's lied already by not having a 50-50 mix of men and women in his cabinet, the issue of race and the issue of sexual orientation are also 
very, very important to Gropey Joe and to the Democrats and to the groups within the Democrats to whom he pandered this entire election process. Oh, they're not going to be happy, folks. But if indeed Joe Biden wants his cabinet to, quote, look like America, unquote, he has to consider the following. Remember, Democrats love to point out ethnicity and sexual proclivities. This means that based on the current U.S. Census data, 65% of Joe Biden's cabinet should be non-Hispanic white people. 13% should be black or African-American. 15% should be Hispanic. 3% should be Asian. 1% should be Native American. And the final 2% left would be divided over the decimal point percentages in the other fields. Remember, half of each of those groups I just mentioned by percentage would have to be divided half male and half female. Based on the XY theory that there are only two genders, a theory to which I subscribe. Slots versus polls. Then we need to divide further. The cabinet members allowing for about 5% of our nation identifying themselves as LGBTQRSTUV, and at least 20% of them, according to demographics, identify as handicapped. So, we would have to divide the cabinet equally between men and women, Mr. Biden. 65% of your cabinet would have to be non-Hispanic white folks, half men, half women. 15% would have to be Hispanics, half men, half women. 13% would have to be African-Americans, and I would give the tie to the female side of that since so many black men are killing each other. So, you know, 7% uh, men and 8% women? Yeah. The final 2% would be divided amongst others. Of course, 3% Asian, so you'd have to have one and a half Asian men and one and a half Asian women and one half of a Native American, just to be fair. Now, I wonder if anyone in the mainstream news media will do a fact check on gropey Joe Biden's lie about his cabinet looking like America. I wonder if they will pick those picks apart, call him a liar or a failure because his choices for cabinet positions don't come even close to what America actually looks like. But he's a Democrat, so we know the answer to that question. There will be no fact check. No fact check for you. Now, back to my original point. How would you like to be the person, for example, whom Biden selects to be the token Native American on the cabinet, knowing that the only reason you've been selected is because of your ancestry, not because of your skills, not because of your abilities, not because of your education or your effectiveness or your experience or any other factor than the fact that your parents and grandparents and great-great-great-great-great-grandparents were on this rock before the British got here. How would you like to be the one person selected to a cabinet level position because you are crippled and only because you are crippled or an amputee or blind or deaf or have some other approved special class disability? Yes, we scoured the world for the best and the brightest. We found thousands of eligible applicants, but we kept swiping left time and time and time again so we could find the guy on crutches or a girl in a wheelchair or a guy with an eye patch or a girl with a guide dog. No qualification necessary to hell with the more qualified applicants. This department needs a cripple. How would you feel if you were the person picked because you have dark skin and other features that identify you as a person whose ancestors can be loosely traced to the African continent? No other qualifications. The only qualification you need is skin color, cranial structure, hair type. That's it. Congratulations. Why'd you get the job? Is it because I'm black? Is because you're black. Because you're black? You are. He is. Of course I'm black. But, 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 but you're black. <laughs> Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Republican Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said in a statement today 
The Electoral College has spoken. So today, I want to congratulate President-elect Joe Biden. The President-elect is no stranger to the Senate. He has devoted himself to public service for many years. I also congratulate the Vice President-elect, our colleague from California, Senator Harris. Beyond our differences, all Americans can take pride our nation has a female Vice President-elect for the first time. And with that simple statement, Mitch McConnell took away the safety net for the vast majority of his House and Senate colleagues who have to date refused to admit that Biden is indeed the president-elect. Prior to McConnell, every Republican senator who avoided comment could rest assured, knowing that unless and until McConnell came out with his announcement definitively proclaiming Biden the winner, they were golden. But as long as McConnell held out, he would be the focus of every question. And while it might be a little uncomfortable dodging questions, it was a heck of a lot better than having to deal with an angry Donald Trump tweet if they had admitted that he lost. 210 Republican House members and senators as of noon Tuesday still had yet to respond in any way, shape, or form to the Washington Post's question of who won the election. McConnell joined 34 other colleagues in saying that Biden won today. And as of today, two House of Representatives members, Alabama's Mo Brooks and Paul Gosar of Arizona, still claim Donald Trump won. Why would they pop their heads up and watch Trump try and knock them off? Just for the principle of it? McConnell's decision to get off the fence in such a public way makes all of those calculations much more difficult. He is the party leader now with Trump on his way out of office. He's declared the election to be over. So why won't his rank and file do the same is a question asked by CNN. McConnell's move also sets up a very clear choice for every Republican elected official who has so far stayed on the sidelines of the who won debate. With Mitch McConnell now on the Biden won column, the clear lines are now being drawn. Either you were part of the Mitch McConnell version of the Republican Party, or you were part of the Donald Trump Party. You can't be both now. This means Republicans will need to decide whether they want to be on record as believing as many, many Americans do, that the election was stolen from Trump and that Trump actually won? Or would they prefer, like McConnell, to just simply throw in the towel and say we wanted Trump to win and we supported him, but now it's over and he didn't win and Joe Biden is the president? The choice for elected Republican officials is now clear. Hiding behind McConnell is no longer an option. Those Republicans have to either pick sides behind McConnell to admit that Joe Biden won or stand behind Donald Trump as he kicks and screams his way out of office. Just remember, Trump might just attempt to return in 2024 and he will have a solid group of Republicans backing him if history is any indication. Time will tell. In fact, Mitch McConnell has actually allegedly warned Republican senators during a private caucus to not object to the election results on January 6th. McConnell told the caucus by phone that objecting to the results would force Republicans to take a terrible vote because they need to vote it down and appear against President Trump. Senate Majority Whip John Thune... Republican of South Dakota, and Senator Roy Blunt of Missouri also echoed McConnell's remarks. McConnell's warning comes one day after the Electoral College officially voted for Joe Biden as the president-elect. The Kentucky Republican acknowledged for the first time that Biden will be the next president with his floor remarks on Tuesday. Some House Republicans, led by Mo Brooks of Alabama, are still planning to challenge the election results on 6th of January. That's the date Congress officially certifies the Electoral College results. If a Republican senator joins the effort, however, it will force both chambers to take an actual vote on the election. 
They have yet to get an official buy-in from any GOP senators. Trump himself has yet to show any sign that he will concede. Instead, today, Trump tweeted that he is continuing to reiterate claims of voter fraud. Hmm. It's going to be interesting, folks. I understand Mitch McConnell's point. If nobody objects on the Republican side, then it's accepted that Joe Biden is the president-elect. But if only two senators from the Republican side decide to say, I don't buy it, I don't believe it, it was fraudulent, it was forged, it was fake, it was phony, then the Senate will have to vote in a roll call fashion, which will put many Republican senators on the spot, having to either go ahead with the results, which will anger their constituents, or buck the results, which will certainly anger the man who remains in power in the Senate, even after Donald Trump leaves office. It's a tightrope, folks, and it's going to be interesting. Very interesting. That vote coming in just a couple of weeks on January the 6th. We shall see. Of course, they might want to wait, those who wish to object, to see the outcome of the Georgia Senate race to find out if we indeed will have two Republican senators or if two Democrat senators are going to weasel their way in, cheat their way in, manipulate the system to get in, and create a tie situation in the Senate, which would force McConnell effectively to the sidelines and effectively make Toe Harris the deciding tie-breaking vote in all matters Senate. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. How many of you remember the kneeling, crybaby, whiny, not up to par, wannabe black guy, Colin Kaepernick? How many of you give a rat's narrow furry ass about this asshat? Well, apparently there are some on the left who really worship the colon. He spoke publicly, and according to Microsoft News and the USA Today, he said something powerful. You see, Colin Kaepernick has been a given an award for humanitarianism, of all things. The organization called the Robert F. Kennedy Human Rights is scheduled to host their 52nd annual Ripple of Hope Awards Ceremony on Thursday. Each year it recognizes five humanitarians who fought for the pursuit of racial and economic equality, social justice, and civil rights. And this year's winners were Dr. Anthony Fauci, Dolores Huerta, president and founder of a foundation and co-founder of the United Farm Workers of America, Dan Schulman, president and CEO of PayPal, Dan Springer, the CEO of DocuSign, and Colin Stain Kaepernick, the crybaby, who also was honored with his own Ben and Jerry's ice cream flavor called Change the World, W-H-I-R-L-E-D, a non-dairy frozen dessert, since he's a non-black black guy, or he's kind of a black guy raised by white parents in a very privileged household to which he now speaks out against white privilege. Yes, I've never eaten a Ben and Jerry's ice cream product, and I certainly won't be trying this one. Colin Stain Kaepernick will be the on-air Facebook face of the Kennedy Awards. USA Today was given a copy of his acceptance speech in advance. In part of it, Colin Stain Kaepernick speaks about how beneficial social change isn't solely the result of one person, but many, all working in unison. He emphasized that racial social transformation is not the result of a once and for all act of resistance by a public figure, but rather the outcome of many smaller acts of courage and care by the people 
the freedom fighters in the truest sense that create the mosaic of hope and capable of elevating our society and liberating our people. He's not for inclusion at all, folks. He still seeks to divide them versus us, black versus white, rich versus poor. Yet he is filthy rich, but he acts like he's poor. You might remember the little spoiled man-child, the adopted son of two wealthy white folks, basically turned against the white people in general. He's one of the key figures in the sports social justice movement. He's been effectively banned from the NFL after kneeling to protest systemic racism in law enforcement and the justice system. No, he was banned from the NFL because he's a lousy quarterback. He had the stats to prove that he was not that good. He's also starting a book publishing company, and he's recently reached an agreement with Disney to produce scripted and unscripted shows. I guess he's following in the footsteps of Barack Hussein and Michelle the Man Obama. <laughs> we shall have to see. Personally, I won't be watching these award shows because they're ridiculous in nature, and they have absolutely no bearing on my life whatsoever. Turn up the volume and spice up that eggnog. Z and the Truth Hurts program. And I'll dip in once again to the I told you so files here at the Truth Hurts program. You may recall earlier in the week, I mentioned a four-year-old boy who was told by a mall Santa that he could not get a toy Nerf gun for Christmas because the self-righteous mall Santa who is never, ever a real Santa, boys and girls. He's just a pretender. The mall Santa told the boy, no, no guns. According to the New York Daily News, when Santa refused to grant a four-year-old boy his wish with a Nerf gun, he left a tot in tears. Gun rights advocates and the Illinois mall itself flooded the family with toys. It was clearly a painful moment for Michael DiCarlo as Santa asked him what he wanted for Christmas and he responded to the request with the answer, I want a Nerf blaster, which shoots foam darts or discs or foam balls that generally bounce harmlessly off of their targets. According to the USA Today, the mall Santa said, nope, no guns. His mother, Sabella DiCarlo, clarified, noting the boy had said Nerf gun, not an actual gun, but the mall Santa stood his ground. Video of the tot dissolving in tears in his mother's arms went viral. Nerf guns have been pouring into the DiCarlo household from not only individuals, but from Hasbro itself, the company that makes the Nerf gun blaster, as well as the National Rifle Association. Good for them. The mall Santa either quit or was fired. He's no longer there, that's for sure. The boy simply asked for a Nerf gun. The Harlem Irving Plaza Mall of Norridge, Illinois issued a statement that said, Santa is heartbroken and crushed that he has made this child so sad and upset and turned in his resignation. The Santa company will continue to remind all Santas how important it is not to impose personal opinions during visits with the children. Irving Plaza sent another Santa to the boy's house last week to deliver a Nerf gun personally. The mall issued another statement saying, we are happy to report that the real Santa visited the boy at his home today to bring him a Nerf gun. We hope we restored Christmas magic to this boy and his family with Santa's special visit. Then on Sunday, the NRA went one better, posting a video of yet another Santa visit, this one with multiple shots of the boy gleefully ripping open package after package of guns. The group also made the young man a lifetime member. The NRA tweeted, Mall Santa didn't want to give Michael a Nerf gun for Christmas and made him cry. The NRA made it our mission to fix this and make Michael's Christmas the best 
ever. The family said they will give many of these toys away to other needy families. Mean Santa won't be happy I have this, the four-year-old said at the end of the NRA video, wielding the rifle that was almost as big as he is, while sunglassed, implicitly fun Santa lurked around a corner in the kitchen, waiting to pounce with his own Nerf gun. That National Rifle Association video was tweeted Sunday and retweeted along with support tweets throughout the day Monday. There was nary a mention of the 8th anniversary of the shooting of Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut, in which a gunman obliterated the lives of 26 people, 20 first grade students, 6 teachers and other staff in a massacre on 2012. Well, maybe it's because the Newtown shooting was with a real gun, not a Nerf toy, you morons. Maybe it's because the Newtown shooting had absolutely nothing to do with this story of a young boy and a Nerf toy gun, you idiots. You see, the news media, boys and girls, has to turn everything to their own political agenda. I'm actually sorry I read that last paragraph because now my blood pressure is skyrocketing like Rudolph shooting through the night with a sleigh full of Nerf toy guns for all the good little boys and girls. Freaking idiots. That's going to do it for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. There was a heartwarming story about restoring faith in children in the Christmas spirit and the liberals have to go and post a stupid comment at the end of the story, making out Santa and the NRA to be evil. Bunch of jerks. Make it a great evening. We'll see you next time. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. Copyright 2020, Steve Knight Productions, all rights reserved. This program is protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. We'll see you next time.